So we're standing in front of Dollar Tree. Such as this, this thing here. RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. We are live for a Wednesday edition of the People's Talk Show. Excited to connect. Looking forward to finding out what's on your radar as always. And feel free to throw out topics, ideas, suggestions in the chat. And uh, definitely look forward to hearing your voice when you call in, when the phone lines open up. So I got a couple things that caught my attention. Of course, we know what happened today. Three quarter points of a high Dow down almost a trillion dollars worth of value just went poof. Nothing new, really. You kind of get used to it after a while. But uh, some things that is catching my attention that needs to be talked about, and I haven't talked about it in quite some time now, is the decimation of the housing market and how uh, today Jerome Powell seemed to just, for the most part, skim through uh, when asked about the housing sector and concerns of that market. But yet it's a lot worse than what they'll ever tell us. And so I have a couple headlines here as well as some graphs just show you how uh, bad things really are uh, and how the housing market ultimately uh, is the ultimate, I guess, net worth uh, measuring tool for your average Joe. And wherever the housing market goes, basically, is this true tailing of our economy for the most part. So I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Let's share with you a video from Value uh, Valuetainment uh, in reference. I think Patrick was talking about uh, the possibility of. Uh, the um, mortgage rates continue to climb higher as long as the Fed continues to hike. And he is talking about the problem that that will be presented with that and how basically in this day and era we're in now, we've never known that. And so you got to go back to the early 80s to get those type of double digit uh, mortgage uh, rates. But will we have that? And if you're a new home buyer, would you even be looking to get into the housing market right now, given the fact that things are so overheated uh, for the most part. So I want to definitely get your thoughts on that. And before I move forward, uh, any first time viewers, let me know where you're watching from. Would love to acknowledge your presence as well as welcome you to the community. And uh, if you have not already hit that thumbs up button, hopefully the algos kick in and notify a few more people. It's always good to have the full community here whenever we can get here. Um, and I'm doing my best to try to be on time at around 930-ish. And as always, we'll go in accordance with what the conversation takes us this evening as well as the participation from you guys. So uh, you want to stay on a little longer? Definitely feel free to call in. Let your voice be heard. All right. So before I move forward, let me just do a little maintenance as always. Got to make sure I uh, remind people uh, for the most part, if you haven't already, click that bell notification. Hopefully it works. And if you happen to stumble across this video for the first time, definitely subscribe. We'd love to have you join the community. And of course, I've been doing this for quite some time now. So I've covered pretty much all the primary subjects relevant to the current monetary transition away from the Federal Reserve note unit. Uh, and, uh, and things of that nature. So definitely would love to continue to share my two cents on that. And of course, the archives, man, I got over 1,600 or so videos all dealing with kind of the dollar and everything and related to it, gold, silver, you name it. So after a while, it kind of gets old just because we're in the midst of everything now. So not much new to really talk about, but I think this housing situation is definitely going to be a game changer. Okay, um, let's keep it moving, man. Uh, let me just acknowledge a couple of people. And then we'll jump into some headlines here. Uh, Rolf says, U.S. current mortgage rates, 30-year fix is 720. Yep, down, but, 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 you know, a couple points here and there. But once again, extremely high in comparison to where it was earlier 
uh, this year. And is it as high as it going to be? Probably not. Uh, we got Dr. Moda checking as well. Uh, both have, okay, I'll let that ride. We have Jim Brown checking in. We have 12 checking in as well. He says, hello, my man, what do you think about Russia taking the lead to ask the big five new countries to declare neutrality more or less? Um, I think that's a bold move on their part. And so I do, I do have an article. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that's referring to what you're talking about now. And I, I definitely would hope that there will be somebody out of these power five nations or beyond to step up to the plate and be the bigger person, be the bigger country and not to take it to somewhere where there's no real winners. And so I think this shows how Russia literally is willing to, um, just basically step up and be that country just because we know the globalists and the military industrial complex on the West, they want a war at any cost just because of what's at stake here. That whole one world order uh, stands to be lost in its entirety if they don't do something about that. So that's why I think that's a big move um, from Russia, if that is the case. But once again, that's just the media we're hearing from this side. So it could be a lot more to that story. All right, we got uh, Stephen Wisdom checking in as well. Appreciate you, my man. Uh, same old song, more, more printing coming soon. Uh, that is a probability. Uh, but once again, I, I just, it just it just seems too obvious because everybody in alternative media space right now, for the most part, is, saying, is singing the same tune. Fed will pivot and then QE off to the races just because they can never stop. We all know that. But it, it, it can't be that simple. I really don't think it's going to be that simple just because you have every nation in on the same agenda. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm my my guess is that the pivot, whether it's, whether it's a pause or pivot or whatever it's going to be looked at in history books, the end result of that will ultimately be the decimation of our entire financial system, including the banking structure and everything in between, because th- there's, there's going to be an event of some kind or many events that will lead us right into that digital trap where they're, where they're, where they're taking us. And that's why I'm thinking, like, if they were to just pause or pivot officially and just begin quantitative easing again, that's more continuate. That's that's continuing what they've already done with the old system and their the legacy system, which is basically built upon debt. That system is that model is gone. You know what I'm saying? Like we're witnessing that right now with the current of uh, Treasury rates and things of nature and just how debt is beyond um, sustainable at this current moment. Like our government debt, we're close to a trillion dollars just on interest alone never touching the principal ever. They got to, they got to wash that away somehow. And to begin doing the same thing will only increase that more and more. So they might try to inflate away the debt. That's a probability. But then again, if there's an event that forces the world to acknowledge uh, that particular country or event as a reason why pensions were wiped out, retirement funds, you know, funds collapsed, stock market collapsed, all that chaos happened, then war, it makes it that much easier to where uh, they can roll out that next system. It's all to me. It's all about the digital transformation. It's all about as the world economic forum is working towards the fourth industrial revolution, which is digital in nature from the social credit score and everything in between. So I can go on and on and on and on, but I don't think it's going to be as simple as people make it out the scene. Uh, so twice I thought mortgage rates were generally uh, based off the 10 to 30 year treasury. Maybe I'm wrong. So typically what I've gathered throughout last couple of years and months watching this you know, the the, the Treasury uh, yield is basically the metric or the standard for the debt market in general. And then mortgage rates are usually uh, priced according to that, always on the upside. And so as we're witnessing right now, as the uh, 10-year Treasury particularly went from, what was it, a point and a half to up to a four or whatever it is now, 
so has the mortgage rates as well. So basically it's one of what, what, four times, give or take. And so they run in tandem, give or take. All right. Uh, we got Eric three, seven checking in from Canton. How you doing my friend? Appreciate you for joining us. Uh, we got Jane checking in as well. Uh, we got Judith and uh, Dan from Mississippi. Appreciate you guys. We got Yukon checking in as well. Uh, Faith parent is in the building. Uh, appreciate you guys for blessing with your presence. As always, we are just trying to learn and grow and talk this stuff through together and try to filter through the noise as best we can. Midnight Green checking in as well. Okay, fair amount of people here, man. Appreciate you as always. Uh, let's get right to the nitty gritty here. So um, just just backtracking today, some things that I share. So most of the articles I usually grab are things that see the sent to me or things that come across my attention. And I just want to rant on a little bit and uh, hopefully add some value through that rant, make things a little clearer for those who perhaps may not uh, be interested in doing it for themselves or just to give a different perspective on things. So that's typically how it goes here. And uh, one thing that caught my attention, let me just jump on this real quick <laughs> because I couldn't help but share this in the telegram. Let me bring this to the screen here. And so uh, <laughs> just looking at the price of metals and of course, gold and silver, they are money. So to me, that is the benchmark of wealth preservation and storage of value for, for the long term sake. And everything in between is just literally, you know, IOUs and credit, nothings. And so uh, I did notice that around 2 p.m. ish, give or take. So we got this, we got this uh, spike up. I'll just zoom in the silver here. We got this spike up here around 2 p.m. So the moment Jerome Powell, it starts speaking and they raised the Fed funds rate three quarter points. Uh, we had silver go from 1968 to almost $20 and literally within that say 30 minute or 40 minute time frame, we got into the FOMC. We got into the, the, the meeting part of it and somebody just dumped probably, you know, millions of ounces of futures onto the market <laughs> uh, just at the same time, the equities markets and everything else decided to take a little spill as well. So the one thing they can't do is have it appear as if there's any exit point out of this global heist that's taking place. They don't want nothing to look like it is doing well in the midst of this monetary transition. So even cryptos itself, I'm sure didn't do well in general. And so we see all major dumping of price, silver price. But then again, like always, they can't keep it down for long. And here we are now it's climbing back up. So $19 or so seems to be the, uh, the, the area where it's going to try to settle out at. And so here we have the equities markets here, um, total of $860 billion within a single trading day, all subject to just the information that we already knew in reference to what the federal reserve was going to do. So it's not like it's a surprise to anybody. Like I, I just, it's amazing how they're telling us in advance what they're going to do. And the markets have already had time for the most part to adjust. So this volatility we're seeing is just a typical day's action. It seems like at this current moment, because literally there's no true long-term value in my opinion, in any of these things, just because they've been manipulated throughout the last decade plus full of just funny currency. So eh, that's just me anyway, here to jump into some headlines. So here's just a little something we're going to jump on. So Dow closes 500 points lower NASDAQ sheds 3% as fed chair Powell signals intent to continue hiking rates. And so everything sold off. And of course they got to make sure gold and silver doesn't look pretty or look like a safe haven at all. So here's just some figures here. Everybody had a chance. I'm sure to, hear about that whole Fed rate hike. But one thing that caught my attention that is not getting talked about enough happens to be the housing market. 
because that's for the most part what we've all been sold as being the true anchor and pillar of uh, the American dream, home ownership. And at this current moment, the unaffordability or the uh, inability for people to actually be able to maintain their homes because also foreclosures are on the rise. So here's something I want to touch on real quick. Uh, I'll probably just thumb through this briefly and feel free to throw some thoughts, ideas and suggestions on this just because I think it's something that is worth talking about. But uh, the banking sector ultimately is the underpinning of the housing market because that's where, for the most part, everyone gets their uh, their, their mortgages. And of course, we got a couple of the new industries out here, such as uh, uh, Quickens, which happens to be here in Detroit. And and uh, they're not doing too good either. But it says, Well, Fargo's mortgage staff brace for layoffs as U.S. loan volumes collapse. And so that right there just lets you know that things are not healthy. We all knew that. But how bad really is our things right now? These numbers here tell us how bad it is. So real quick, I'll thumb through this. Let me zoom in here so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Uh, I mean, it's just too, probably too much, but just these figures here, it says the, the bank referring to Wells Fargo had about 18,000 loans in its retail origination pipeline in the earlier weeks of the fourth quarter, referring to last year, according to the people with knowledge of the company's figures it says that is down as much as 90% from a year earlier with a, you know, you know, with, a, with everything in the housing boom, the fuel injected uh, stimulus housing boom took off, but 90%. And here's just some more figures here. I read that to you here. Uh, it says the situation has pressured the home loan industry, uh, particularly firms like Rocket Mortgage that thrive on loan refinancing that is expected to lead to consolidation among newer non-bank players that rush to service customers after most U.S. banks receded from the market. And so Rocket Mortgage is not doing as well. They're laying off heavily here in Detroit as well. Says amongst the six biggest U.S. banks, Wells Fargo has historically been the most reliant on mortgages. And so no mortgages, no profits, basically no business model. It says here in October, the bank warned investors that housing mortgage uh, housing market could slow further after saying that mortgage originations failed nearly 60 percent in this third quarter. And the CFO said we expect it to remain challenging in the near term. Oh, challenging for a lot longer than expected. And so as a result of that, employees are on edge after the bank began cutting workers in April and internal projections uh, point to more departures, says the rank, the ranks of the mortgage loan officers who mainly earn commissions from closing deals is expected to drop to under 2000 from more than 4000 at the start of this year. So literally the workforce in reference to the mortgage loan officers cut in half and we still got a whole nother month and a half or more of this year heading to 2023, which is going to be like nothing we've never seen before. Probably it says here, it says, the bank said last month that its total workforce shrank by about 14,000 people in the third quarter, a 6% decline. So yeah, uh, Wells Fargo. I, I, I remember talking about this several years ago, for the most part saying how out of all the two big to fail banks, we have seven or so banks here in this country that are, usually viewed as the most important banks just because of their position in the overall economy, as well as their connection with all the derivatives and stuff like that to the rest of the banks around the world. They're all interconnected. And every great crisis that this country has had has, we've seen a basically a collapse of financial institutions, i.e. the big, the big banks. And so they're one by one that's dropping like flies. We had Lehman brothers and all the other institutions back in the day, go belly up. 
insurance companies, you name it. And so it's my guess that this next event, when it occurs, how it occurs, whatever, we're going to see even more banks. And I always believe just based upon all the fake accounts, Wells Fargo's was setting up all the, all the, the criminality they've been a part of, the fines they've received, all that stuff like that. Wells Fargo is expendable. They're going to go belly up. And so I've, I've mentioned this before, people who do business with Wells Fargo, if you have anything in there, they are on the cusp of going belly up in real time, barring the government coming in and subsidizing them or taking them over or something like that. They're systemically, they're, they're systemically uh, risky to your own investments if you do business with those people, as well as a lot of other banks. The last bank to probably be standing will probably be JP Morgan because <laughs> they got uh, more than just uh, uh, deb- debits and credits on their, on their balance sheet. But anyway, thought I would just share that with you. And real quick here, let's get into a couple more things here that caught my attention. Just more stats that you can't deny. So here we have just something from the website, Confounded Interest. They do a good job of putting together visual aids. And that's why I jump on this, but it's real quick. So as you can see here, these are the numbers. NBA mortgage applications down 0.5 week over week. Refi apps down 85% year over year. Purchase apps are down 41% year over year. I'm assuming those are those apps where you just log in and you get approved, you know, like that. Similar to what uh, Rocket Mortgage has here. And it says, of course, 75 basis points increase. And according to the futures market and how he measured it here, they're saying that they have, uh, as of now, the Fed funds rate peaking at 5% in May 2023 for whatever that's worth. But uh, here's just a visual aid as to what's actually happening out here. We're seeing mortgage refi index tanking. We have what well, we got, the 30-year rate skyrocket. We have, what else we got here? We have this... Um, Mortgage purchase application index is tanking. So these are primarily focuses here. And then another uh, article here. 30-year mortgage rate rises to 7.22. And I'll, I'll spare you that one. But here's the next one. Here we go again. U.S. mortgage foreclosure starts on the rise again. And so here's just more visual aids just showing to here the purple line here. Foreclosures as a percentage of total loans, NSA. And so we have the ultimate low here. This is probably historical low right here as far as there not being any foreclosures when things were very uh, extremely stimulated. And so now that uh, the moratoriums have wore off, I'm assuming a lot of places on top of the working conditions for a lot of people being unstable, a lot of layoffs, you name it. And so here we got just a little bit of the foreclosures that are on the rise. So the question is, will this figure here ever reach? where these rates are currently at now. <laughs> That'll be, you know, some depressionary type stuff, but yet it's definitely something that could be on our cards in the future. So uh, what else we got here? I got a couple more articles, but I'll spare you that. Um, let's just jump into phone lines. Curious to get your thoughts on, on what's happening here. And uh, one of the questions I wanted to put out there, I was actually watching. Uh, let me see here. Let me see if I can find it. Where is it at? Yeah. I was watching value tainment. And Patrick was talking about, uh, this is titled, uh, 30-year uh, mortgage rates are going at 10%, what the Fed doesn't want you to know about interest rates. And he was talking just a lot about, historically speaking, you know, the rates that we've had for the last decade plus is has been abnormal. And they they could, could have never remained that low for that long. And it's inevitable, inevitable for them to have to go up. But then again, the question is, how high will they go? Will they surpass early 80s? late seventies when we saw 15, 16, 
type figures or will after the complete collapse and crash, will they come down or, or what? So uh, if we got any real estate people out there who uh, have a um, any ideas or thoughts or projections on where this could be heading, let me know. And also, if you happen to be a first time home buyer or something like that or in a refi looking to, you know, redo some things, have you already or will you or would you wait till things cool off? Or I've also seen I've watched a couple of, um, you know, real estate channels and I'm seeing people saying like, you know, 7 percent, you know, that's 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 cheap as it's probably going to be because they're going to go higher. So get it, lock it in now. And I'm thinking like, eh. You know, you know, it's just it's everybody's situation is different, but it's just tricky, man. It's tricky to navigate. And that's why it's just if, if you don't have to participate, apart from investing, apart from trying to do some things to uh, turn a profit, I wouldn't personally be gambling my dang self. But that's just me. Uh, but where do you guys stand? Where do you guys stand? Let me know. Give me a call. Let's talk. And uh, we'll see where this conversation takes us this evening or bring up any other subjects you want to touch on. Here we go. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Hey, man. It's Tom from New Jersey. Tom, so what's I going on, my friend? To, not much, man. I just wanted to touch on uh, Powell's speech today. Yeah. Um, he was asked about, um, like, uh, inflation. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read what he said. Yeah. He said, so we know that we need to use our tools to get inflation under control. The mm-hmm. world is not going to be better off if we fail to do that. That's mm-hmm. the task we need to do. Price stability in the United States is a good thing for the global economy over a long period of time. And it's just crazy to me that when he was asked that question, mm-hmm. he, he, he deferred to the globe rather than the United States. Because last I checked, Jay Powell is not the, the global banker. He's the <laughs> United States Fed banker. Right. And that, that, that set off alarm bells for me. Yeah. But 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 does it really just because as a part of trying to prop things up and paper things over, they set up all those lending windows and currency swaps and all types of things where they giving funds to Swiss bank? I mean, just so they've been supporting the econ- the, the global economy throughout this entire transition process. So for him to you know, did he slip up and say that, or, or is he just speaking truth that it just so happens to just not ring well with a lot of people's ears these days? What, what are you thinking? No, I, I think he's speaking truth, mm-hmm. and it's it's like the mask is coming off. Because like you said, he, uh, he he bailed out the Swiss government, or the Swiss banks, mm-hmm. and then immediately afterwards, the Swiss doubled down on their sanctions against Russia. Um, I'm sure that's not cool. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, th- these things always happen in the background. They at least try to keep it secret that these global bankers, these central bankers, were more concerned about themselves over their nation. Yeah. But... To me, I, I've never, I've never seen any banker say anything so blatantly globalist in my life. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to, it's one thing to like know what's happening, and and, and it's kind of conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. But just have him come out and say that, you know, I'm Jay Powell, and the the, the United States being stable is good for the globe. Like, who cares about the globe? Right. If you're bu- if you're buying gas and you're buying milk and and, and you got to pay rent, you got to pay your mortgage. Right. Just like Joe Biden getting up and saying, "Oh well, inflation is bad here, but you better you, you got to see how bad it is over in Germany." <laughs> uh, that, that's all well and good. Uh, I don't care about Germany. Like what happened? Uh, I'm pretty sure this country is who you guys all represent, and right. it just seems like it's mask off mm-hmm. a little bit at a time. It's like it's like putting your toe in the water, and it's like that's what it seems like to me. I don't know about 
right. how you think about it. Oh man, like they've 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 never. I mean, they've been lost, you know, any form of credibility. And the fact that you know they still have people to get up there and ask questions, and they just beat the bush, sugarcoat, downplay things. You know, one thing you did say that I stood out to me was in reference to one of the questions he mentioned: purchasing power. You know, helping the, the invest or retail investors or something like that. Uh, with purchasing power. And I'm thinking like, ultimately speaking, all their tools, mandates, you know, uh, maximum employment, price stability, it's all predicated on how this private institution utilizes currency creation to either prop up, manipulate, or rob the world. And so it all boils down to me is this this piece of paper I'm holding up right here, which happens to be a Federal Reserve note, and how this is the ultimate enemy of the people because this is what they are able to get away, they're able to get away with whatever they want because their names are still on this contract they have with our government. So long as the government gives them authority to print that stuff and use it to enslave us, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles until it doesn't. That's why I'm always big, big, been a big fan of getting your weight up, man, just because you minimize your risks, not planning on their monopoly board. That's basically what we're, we're all planning on the monopoly board and we're not the bankers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with that. And then the other thing I want to touch on in, 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 Synonymously with this Fed speech, or, or right before it, mm-hmm. you had the WGC come out and they, they released a report saying that yeah. um, central banks have purchased more gold than uh, what 1967 when the gold pool ended mm-hmm. in London. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know the entire story behind it, but if I'm not mistaken, the gold pool was created to basically manipulate the price of gold mm-hmm. in the 60s and also to finance the Vietnam War. That collapsed. That was the end of Bretton, Wood, <clears throat> Bretton Woods 1. Mm-hmm. So if back then they were buying that as much gold as today in order to manipulate the price, it seems to me they're doing the same thing to manipulate the price. And uh, just like... Uh, the, the guy that Monaco had on the other day mm-hmm. load the truck up and fill, fill it up with, you know, bars and ounces and grants. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as you're speaking, I pulled up the World Gold Council's website uh, showing a year-to-date gold demand, uh, and it says here resumes pre-pandemic pace. And just looking at, of course, as you know, as you mentioned here, Q3, you know, right now we're at 673. I think that's tonnage that central banks have added to their balance sheet for whatever reason. Who knows? It's a barbarous relic, but somehow, some way, they think it's a value. So, um, it's just telling of, of where true, I guess, preservation of wealth will probably be a preser- preservation of capital in the long run. Because I think a part of the goal plan and whatever the bricks have in mind or whatever, it's going to be to, to reestablish trust. And what better what, what better way to reestablish trust other than using something that was already a part of the monetary system and just using it to, I guess, set the set things right? Because the U.S. I guess basically doesn't have any gold, and we're going to be caught on the carpet pretty soon. So, but you know, time will tell, man. That is actually, um, that's an amazing point that I have not thought about because BRICS is definitely like, um, uh, I do not think that Putin is battling the globalists, even though he kind of is, mm-hmm. it's, uh, he's just as bad as the rest of them. Um, yeah. but BRICS is definitely contrarian to the USD hegemony and, mm-hmm. and what you just said about, um, leveraging gold as trust is, is actually kind of genius. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what is going to happen. Uh, I mean, it's one of the things where I just it'd be hard for them not to go back that way just because it, why not? It's 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 historical. It's, it's been proven, tried and tested now, whether or not they play along with it, who knows? But 
as of now, we'll see. But in the meantime, we know how useful silver is. And so that's the people's money and it always will be. So, yeah. But hey, man, appreciate you well, calling, my friend. Yeah. Go ahead. Last question. Yep. Yep. No, 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 no more questions. You have a good night, man. Well, appreciate you, man. Look forward to connecting with you. Yep. You too. Be good. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, interesting times, man. Very interesting times we're in. And so they don't need gold unless paying their debt. I mean, just for the most part, if gold is money, having it in a vault sitting there collecting dust gives you some bit of assurance that regardless of what happens around you in the paper or digital world, you'll always have something to fall back on because gold will not go to zero. There is no counterparty risk. There's absolutely nothing outside of, you know, stuff people try to use as a excuse. The meteorites are coming. They're going to mine gold. Sure. But anyway, gold to still give you at least one dollar rather than just your bank account you know, on your screen disappearing or this paper unit itself no longer being accepted when it comes time to, you know, tender it to somebody. So it's just insurance. You look at it as, uh, look at it as that for the worst case scenario. Hope you never have to fall back on it. But if we do, you know, hope you have some, but if you, I'm, I'm, I would assume everybody here uh, can understand how if you're witnessing the federal reserve use their, use their tools to try to manipulate and control this global train wreck, gold and silver, had, you know, being a part of our monetary system well before our monetary system was turned over to them, that t- clearly shows that, that there's, there's some type of utility or value there still that they don't want the world to know about. That's because the central bank digital currency is their primary focus now on top of the distraction they threw our way, which, the, which happens to be the cryptocurrency space. So, but anyway, everybody, you know, do what works for you. Hello, Carlos, where are you calling from? Good. How you been, Mike? Hey, doing good, my friend. What's in your mind? Hey, I want to give guys a quick uh, history lesson on mortgages. Uh, yeah. My dad's approximately 25 years older than me. Mm-hmm. He's passed away now. I'm 68 years old. When my dad was buying houses and doing mortgages, they were three and four mm-hmm. percent. He retired in the late. He retired in the late 70s. About the time I started buying houses, mm-hmm. when he retired, you could get 10, 12, 13, 15 percent on CDs. Yeah. So he's paying that low interest rate, buying property, had his accumulation of wealth, and he retired mm-hmm. and was getting 10, 12 percent for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. Okay. Next generation, me. I come in, I buy my first house in 78, 10.5 percent. Mm-hmm. I buy my second house in 87, 8.5 percent. Mm-hmm. I buy my third house in 2000, 7.5 percent. Mm-hmm. I retire in 2008, and I'm getting 1.9 on my money. Yeah. So who's Who's the beneficiary there? My dad had some good numbers, right? Yeah. I had I had some ugly numbers. Still totally blessed. I'm not crying. I'm right. in good shape, right? Uh-huh. The younger generation, my kids, went out and bought their houses at 2 3 4% and getting twice the house, damn near twice their house for mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. So my first house was a double. I had three kids in one bedroom. My second house was a, a lower-end four bedroom, two and a half bath. My, my, my third house was nice. It was mm-hmm. nice. That's the way things are supposed to work. You build into that dream house. Yeah. These kids now, they want to run out and get 2%, 3% loan, and they got their dream house three years after they get out of college. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't really know how much they appreciate it, man. I mean, good people are good people. Bad people are bad people. Right. But this this generation that's, that's been around, anybody's bought a house in the last 20 years, you're lucky. You've been doing it right. You've been getting it right. Right. And I, I feel glad that I did live the time that I lived. And I, you know, I don't feel cheated, but 
things were harder when you're paying them kind of interest rates and then you can't get anything on your money. Mm-hmm. You know, Gregory Manorino said the greatest theft ever is what they've done to the older people who can't get any interest on their money. Mm-hmm. My in-laws died a couple years ago. They would have had another million dollars if they could have got 7% the last 20 years of their lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> and so a, a part of that is the fact that, I guess, as you were mentioning, your, your, for your father's generation, how, I guess, blessed and privileged they were to have actual return on their savings. They were able to, and on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm assuming his his uh, income was probably what maybe half of what the actual house probably cost him. So, you know, he had much more opportunity then, as well as the family dynamics and things of that nature, single income. And, you know, those were probably considered the good years in comparison to what is coming for the uh, younger generation. So right now, this is the probably, yeah. These, yeah, great times, man, to say the least. Okay. I remember in 1969, my dad made $10,000 for the first time in his life. Had a nice little Cape Cod, mm-hmm. three bedroom, two new cars in the garage, and my mom didn't work. Yeah. You can't do that on 100 grand now. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to live well below, I guess, what would be considered, uh, you know, the average uh, young person's standards. You know, it's, not, it's just not too feasible. But I'm sure people are doing it. But And that's why a lot of people have chosen to move abroad. That's why that's the whole expat, you know, retire early, leave, become digital nomads. And so you're going to have that type of privilege and luxury for a fraction of the cost. But even that's starting to bite people in the butt. They're coming back home now. <laughs> yeah, oh, you spend easy money. And, you know, when, I think when Trump got elected, you know, the stock market has done fantastic the last eight, 10 years. Mm-hmm. People made a lot of that, you yeah. know. Yeah. And in the meantime, the people my age cashed out. You know, you can't get any money. You really don't want to be in the stock market when you're that old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty ballsy to put your life savings in, in, in stocks. Yeah. 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 But, that's... you know, we're blessed. We're in America. You know, my son stands up because if you're living in America and you're making $40,000 a year, you're you're better off than 80% of the world. That's what we got to keep in mind, man. We're right. very blessed. And materialism is not where that's at. It's about love and family and God. Hey, 100%, man. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, these people just need to chill out on all these big houses and fancy cars. That thing's where it's bad. And that's what everybody's going to be crying about. <laughs> all right, stuff. thanks, Mike. All right, be good. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, good stuff. Obed Perez, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for the channel. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Yeah, okay, let's keep it going. Uh, open the mic. Feel free to call in. Let's talk. You know, we got a couple more minutes. We'll see where we're at. Um, Sean says, I missed the one hour shows, Mike. I'm in Hawaii, so I'm just starting to watch the show personally. I like hearing your rant. Yeah, and that's one of the things where because I've it kind of feels like I've been saying a lot of the same things forever, just because there is no timing to how this is unraveling. There is no, you know, there's no script to go according to. It's more so either they react, we respond, or they react, I respond in reference to information that comes my way or whatever. And it's just not as, at this current moment, I think I've reached a fair amount of people and encouraging them to get their weight up and on, on top of other things. And other than just connecting with the community, just because I enjoy being with like-minded other individuals, a lot of times, you know, it's more so just, it feels like saying the same thing. And after a while, it just gets kind of old. And that's why I was saying I'm trying to spice things up and get more involvement from you guys. And uh, definitely looking to collaborate with more of the community to actually get help them bring them into the fold just because a lot of people have expertise and skills and things of the nature and i would definitely love to be a blessing as much, best i can and help other people you know get their voice out there so that's why i'm trying to uh, help uh, other content creators get on and so if you haven't definitely join the telegram and twitter i definitely love resharing and uh helping other people grow their communities as well X says, Mike, uh, I guess the Vatican bishops have been getting arrested globally. Is the Vatican losing power? Google it. Thoughts. 
Um, okay. I have not heard anything about that. Let me see about Vatican bishops being arrested. I did see, <laughs> I did see uh, bishops getting arrested. Uh, I did see something about, uh, I think it was, I think it was, it was, it was it the Pope or uh, let me see. It was the Pope or something talking about how people in the Vatican Ultimately, he's basically just ratting, saying how they're, uh, you know, a lot of the people, you know, popes and priests or whatever, how they're addicted to pornography is like, you know, having a self, their sense about having cell phones give you direct access to pornography. And he was saying that it's a pro- it's kind of like a problem within their own little, uh, you know, city or whatever it's called there. So, um, but let me see here. Nothing. Let me see. Uh, it, pr- it probably won't show up it probably won't show up on Google because that's something that it wouldn't want the public to know. So I probably got to go to duck, duck, go. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me. And to my knowledge, I thought that the Vatican and not the whole region was immune from prosecution just because they've molested how many thousands and millions of kids. And we're still finding, you know, skeletons and stuff underneath churches just built, you know, for whatever reason, Canada, man, I've seen a lot of stories about a lot of churches and having mass graves in their backyard. And it's like little kids, something like what, you know? Yeah. It's some dark and dangerous stuff out there. Uh, so Yukon says Satan is in the Vatican. Yeah. This whole fear, this whole globe, this whole, yeah, is all under his influence. So his uh, demonic presence is everywhere. Uh, says, I read something about uh, the Vatican repatriation of gold money or something. Yeah, they were trying to call back, I guess, all of their church funds from around the world, I assume, back into their own coffers, assuming they were preparing for something. And, of course, we all know at some point in the near future, if not already, that there's going to be a banking contagion. It's it's kind of like a no-brainer. It's just like there's nothing really there anyway. So, um, So it doesn't surprise me one bit. What else we got here? Pope is involved with CCP. I don't doubt it. And on top of that new world religion treaty that they've just, you know, that they've signed the Pope, um, the Iman from some Muslims countries. And of course, uh, some of the uh, priests out of, uh, out of Israel, they're all signed a pact for a neutral government. So, yeah, interesting times, to say the least. Uh, what else we got here? All right, I don't see any questions. All right, well, people, we're going to get ready to dial back there. As always, it is good to connect um, and hopefully just bringing some of this information to the surface gets people wheels churning, get you thinking, and having you appreciate the current times we're in now, no matter where you're at, if you're still alive, you still got a couple dollars in your pocket, you're better off than half the world. And, you know, for those who want a different perspective, I, I love to just – I guess, remind myself of how blessed I am to be in the land of opportunity and abundance. And so I would encourage you, if you have not, let me just share this with you on the screen. I would take a minute or two tonight. I actually just caught up on two of the video series. But if you go to Indigo Traveler, just type in Sudan. And so this guy here has been dropping just some of his documentaries where he go visit these countries. And you just see how this most recent one right here, man, Walking the streets of South Sudan, it, it just, it really, re- really, really, you know, it humbles you. It humbles me. It humbles me for sure. That's one of the things where I don't care how bad it is in comparison to how, you know, individuals in 
Sudan and other places of the world, how they have it. You know, man, we are extremely blessed. I'm very grateful. So this always brings me back home to, to, to ground level to remind myself how blessed I am. So anyway, I'd encourage you guys, if you need a little reminder yourself or just want to be caught up to speed, what's happening in Africa, type in Sudan in the uh, chat or not in the chat, up, uh, you know, and then, or Indigo Traveler, go check out some of his videos. Definitely does a good job. And so my man got some good content there. But anyway, all right, people, that's all she wrote for tonight. Um, Once again, back at it tomorrow. It's going to always be something to talk about. Definitely want to get you guys involved. So feel free to give me a call or throughout the day, connect with me on social media, join the telegram if you haven't already. And uh, we can connect there and stay tuned in. Uh, So what's the site's name is just type in Indigo Traveler. Indigo Traveler is his name and you can go plug into his, uh, his information there, but he's, Cool guy. Cool guy does a good job of just sharing his life. He goes some of the slums around the world. He's been he's been to places that, you know, hell, I wouldn't even want to go. But anyway, all right, people, be blessed, be safe. See you guys tomorrow. Peace. Here's a great opportunity for you to get your weight up. Let's face it. Our purchasing power and a currency has been destroyed in real time. That's why I'm excited to tell you about my partnership with Bullion Max. Bullion Max will ship gold and silver directly to your door for you to hold at your home or in your own safe. To help you get started, I worked out a special offer with them. Get Bullion Max Silver Starter Kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com slash RTD. This kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including the American Silver Eagle and the Silver Australian Kangaroo. This offer is limited to one per household while supplies last, so get yours today and take advantage of this opportunity to get your weight up. Now, you can't just stop at getting your weight up. You also got to get your calories up because definitely a food shortage is underway between droughts, flooding, and all the climate issues being thrown our way. America's food supply is near its breaking point. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking about 25-year super survival food, hand-packed right in the family-owned facility in the USA. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. Go to 4patriots.com forward slash RTD to get your three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus 10 free gifts and free shipping. To take advantage of this opportunity, go to 4patriots.com forward slash RTD to build your own stockpile today because beyond the weight, you're going to need your calories as well. Links in the description.